Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. We're so thankful, amen, that God has been so good to us. And just recently, uh, over the last few weeks, uh, we have been looking back. We have been, uh, what else? Looking up. We have been looking out. And uh, we, we look back to see what God had done to get us to this point. I challenged everyone to look back to their own lives as uh, they would know best what God had done for them personally. And then we looked up uh, because God is our help, right? He's our very present help in a time of trouble. And we know that he has brought us this far and he's going to carry us through. Amen. And then just a few weeks ago, we looked out to see the harvest of souls all around us. We very easily established that there's over a million souls uh, in all of Hardin and the surrounding counties. And so today we are going to look forward to our future. We're going to talk about just for a few moments, we're going to talk about what is the next phase? What do we see that God is going to do? In just a few moments, we're all going to be speaking faith of what we know God wants to do. What do you see? What do you see today? You look around and in the natural, uh, things may not look so good, but what do you see? Not in the natural, but in the supernatural today. We need to look not at how much worse it can get, but we need to start looking at what happens when the hand of the Lord comes upon us. Amen. What happens when the anointing touches our lives? We can see things that we have not seen before. So if you have your Bibles... If you would like to, we're going to turn uh, to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. And you're like, man, he's already preaching. That's right. We're doing it a little different today. Because you get so used to program as usual. So I thought I'd mix it up on you today. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. And I'm going to read out of the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the word, you're welcome to. We're going to read a lengthy portion. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, set me down in the mid, midst, middle or the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. Everybody say very dry. They looked pretty dead. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy or speak over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you and cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, 
These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Anybody ever feel like that? Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves. My people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then will you know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life. And I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to look forward today. Amen. We're going to speak to the bones today. And God is going to move, amen, in a special way in this service. Lord Jesus, God, you've called us here today to speak life. Lord, into the things that are dead and that seem dead. And God, you alone have the power to bring them to life. You alone have the power to quicken what is dead and hopeless and perishing. God, you alone are able to do what we cannot do. And so today we do simply what you have commanded us to do, to speak life, God, and to look forward into what you want to do. And God, we will give you the glory and praise in this place, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. It says that the hand uh, of the Lord came upon me. Amen. There is something that happens when you begin to see things in a different light. There is something that takes place when you begin to see the hand of the Lord in your life. How many of you want to see the hand of the Lord in your life? How many of you are tired of just living in the natural and you would like to start living in the supernatural? There's a difference that takes place when the hand of the Lord comes upon your life. And I would tell you today that I have no doubt in my mind the hand of the Lord is upon this church. Amen. The hand of the Lord is upon us. And I would say that really it just comes down to a choice that we have to make of looking forward and speaking life into what seems dead. The hand of the Lord is moving in our life groups. The hand of the Lord is moving in our church services. The hand of the Lord is moving in our prayer meetings, in our our groups that are meeting together to pray. Why? Because when we come together and we pray, He wants to open up our eyes to see spiritual things, to see the supernatural, the things that seem impossible to us. And He said, if you'll just Just look forward and speak life. I'm going to bring life into what you thought was dead. Amen. Amen. In our text of Scripture, the man of God was taken to a valley of dry bones, and it was uh, most likely, and there's a lot of history, and I won't try to bore you, but there's a lot of history here that says that it was the bones of the, the children of Israel that had already been slain, their soldiers that had already been slain. And, and so these were dead uh, soldiers. These were dead men and dead husbands and dead sons and fathers. Amen. And, and this is the valley of dry bones. This is the place where the enemy, amen, sometimes would like to bring us to remind us, amen, that we are powerless, that we are hopeless, that we are perishing, that we are lifeless. 
But I noticed that the Scripture says the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me, amen, to this place. And sometimes when the enemy, and we're getting ready to celebrate Resurrection Sunday in just a few weeks, but sometimes whenever the enemy thinks that he has won, amen, it's really a secret victory for God. Sometimes when the enemy thinks he has conquered, it's really just a setup for a miracle, amen, and God can do what you and I, amen, are not able to do on on our own. And so it says the hand of the Lord was upon me and it brought me into this valley of dead men, of dead soldiers, of dead hopes and dead dreams. Amen. Brought me into this valley, amen, where it seemed like everything was dead. It was dry. It wasn't just dead. Like sometimes, you know, there's dead, but then there's dead and there's dry. The bones were dry. That means they had been there for a little while. It wasn't like somebody just killed over and they said, okay, we're going to raise that guy back up from the dead. No, these were bones. These were bones without flesh, without uh, any muscle, without any tissue, without any skin. And God says to the man of God, he says, can these bones live? I'm I'm talking to some of you today and I'm not going to be preaching very long, so... I hope that you'll focus in here with me. Just think about something in your life that seems like it's dead. Not just dead, but dry. Seems like it's, it's all hope is gone. All hope is lost. But we serve a God that works in the miraculous. Amen. And God wants to challenge us, amen, to look at the bones. And not just to look at the bones, but to have faith and believe. And I noticed that the man of God didn't have a whole lot of faith. Let's just be honest. Sometimes I'm, I'm just human like everybody else. And, and the question comes, can these bones live? <laughs> Did you see what the man of God said? He said, oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even sure. Like, I don't really know. You know, God. I, I don't know. You, you know. There are times when God calls me to preach things and speak things and take chances and step out in faith. And I'll be honest, I'm just human. I'm like, are you sure? God, you know, okay, this is what you want. All right, you know. And sometimes we are called to step out in faith, amen, not because of what we see or not because of what we feel, but because of what we know. Amen. We just sang the song, this we know, we will see the enemy run. This we know, we will see the victory come. We know, amen, that God has already defeated the devil. We know that God has already been victorious over death, hell, and the grave. We understand, amen, that there's nothing that is too hard for our God. There's nothing that is impossible for Him. Relationships are not impossible for Him. Financial circumstances, divorce situation, it's not impossible for God. Healing is not impossible for God. Everything is possible with God. We know this. But every once in a while, he'll bring us to the valley. Every once in a while, it's, it's almost like he brings us to that place and he says, hey, what do you think about that? How about that situation? And you're, you're like, well, I want to be full of faith here. God, you know. And there are times where it feels like we don't have the answer. 
when we got faced with the situation with these trusses, and we're, today is going to be one of the last days we, we talk about these, this, the, the crazy trusses. Why? Because we're looking forward. We're not going to look back anymore. Amen. We know, amen, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And when we came to this, there were moments that some of you, and, and myself included, we were like, oh God, you know. How are we going to move forward? How are we going to see this church continue to grow? How are we going to see things become better than they were before? We're, we're talking the best is yet to come. How are we going to see that, God? God, you know. I don't know what you got in store, but you got it figured out. And so what he caused the man of God to do was he said, I want you to start speaking to the bones. I want you to start declaring things to the bones. Amen. So over the course of the last several weeks, we have been, we have been kicking off this greater campaign and this stewardship campaign. And, and, and some people are like, oh, it's just all about money. It's really not all about money. Really, it's about our faith and what we see in the bones. Well, we're not asking you just to be good stewards of your treasure. We're asking you to be good stewards of your time and your talent as well. Because God has allowed us the opportunity, amen, to have the same amount of time as everybody else. And everyone in here has talent that you can be using for the kingdom of God. And let me just take it just a little step further. And then we all have something that we can give. It's not equal gifts because you might make more than I do or you might make less than I do. But it's equal sacrifice. We all can sacrifice. Every one of us can sacrifice something and say, well, well, that's fine for you to say, Pastor, but are you going to sacrifice? Yes, we are going to sacrifice. When God gave us our number that we are going to put down on the commitment card, my wife and I were like, that's a stretch. That's really a stretch. I don't know how that's going to happen, but that's a stretch, and God's going to have to help us. But let me just... I, I, don't, I don't know if this, I'm not going to go there. I was going to tell you. There are some pastors that they work a little bit. And they, they preach and they teach. They, they work a little bit. Like they may have a job outside of the church. Um, I do not. I don't have a job outside the church. The church is my job. Okay, The church is my business. And I, I'm just going to say it like it is. I put way more hours, some of you can testify to this, you know this, I put way more hours into the church than most of you do in your jobs. I'm not trying to be boastful or braggadocious, I'm not, I'm not at all, I promise you. I, I would love for you to see my schedule. Yes, I can flex some things and move some things more than most people because I have a little bit of oversight on that, but, but really, I work a lot of hours. There's not a way for me to go out and get another job without the church suffering because I'm going out to get a job. We're, that's where we're at. That's the point we're at. So here's the deal. I can't just kind of snap my fingers, go get a job and make, make money and the church not suffer. So what I have to do is I have to really trust God that this number that he's given me, that he's going to bring it to pass. Some of you are like, hmm. Some of you are thinking, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't make that much. There's no way I can do this. But we're looking today at dry bones. 
We're looking at, there, this is a hopeless situation. This church, we got a big mortgage now because we fixed the church, and we, we're dealing with all this stuff, and we want to be able to touch the world. We want to be able to touch and reach our communities around us, and how is this going to be possible? And so God called us over the last few months to, to start speaking to the bones, and some of you have started speaking to the bones, and you're believing that God is going to do something, and you don't know, but you're being obedient to whatever God tells you to do. Amen. And so what I am doing today in this just short message is I'm hoping to, to inspire you, amen, to trust God that if God puts something in your heart, that he can bring it to pass. If God puts something on your heart to do, that he opens your spiritual eyes to see, he can, he can perform it. It's not too hard for God. You know, whatever, whatever it is that you think that's, that's impossible, it's not impossible with God. I don't know if you have really prayed over the last few weeks. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. But this is what I want. Before we go in, we're having a commitment Sunday today. Before we go into that commitment, what really needs to happen is the eyes of our understanding spiritually need to be awakened. They need to be open. They need to be alert. We don't want to go into a commitment in the natural. Can you, can you understand what I'm saying? Like some of you, if I said, hey, could you pick me up a whatever from the store? You'd be like, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got that much money in my pocket. I can make it happen. Not too long ago, I called uh, Archie and Michelle, and I said, I need you to go stop by this store, and get. Can, can, you, can you get that? Do you have that in your pocket? Oh, yeah, I can do that. They didn't have to pray about it. Why? Because they knew what the, the, the bank said. They knew what the, the financial uh, outlook was. And so they quickly, oh, yeah, we can take care of that. Boom, done. All right? So that's not what I'm talking about. That's not how we go into a commitment of this nature. What we have to do is we have to say, God, this church and this community needs this church. This church, amen, has been blessed by you and you've had your hand upon this church. We want to enter into this, not with our natural eyes, not with our natural understanding, but God, we want you to speak to us because we want to see the miraculous happen. We want to see the supernatural in our lives. We want to, come on somebody, we want to see our families saved. We want to see things happen, amen. And so look at the dry bones today and say, God, speak Speak through me to these dry bones. Some of you might be asking, Pastor, what do you see? I'm glad you asked, because I have to speak to the dry bones. This is what I see, as I have asked God to enlighten me. And there are days uh, that, uh, that I struggle just like everybody else. But this is what I see, and today I am declaring these things, and I am speaking, amen, to the dry bones. I see your unsaved loved ones in services worshiping God with you. Amen. I see them praying around the altar with tears in their eyes, amen, their hands raised, and God, amen, miraculously moving on their heart. That's what I see. I see your loved ones. I see your family members. Why? Because it's already happening, amen. I see it because God has already brought it to pass, and if he did it before, I know he will do it again, amen. You might not see this, but I see this. If you could, just maybe, just say, God, please, Expand my thinking as pastor's speaking right now. Amen. Say, say that. A silent prayer to yourself. But this is what I see. I see the police department having to direct traffic for our parking 
for our weekend services. I see the police department out here directing traffic, making sure everybody gets in and out okay. Why? Because there's so many people coming down Vine Street. They're coming to the crossroads. I know, I know it's a stretch. Some of you are, are trying to take it in, but I see us going to multiple weekend services in Radcliffe just to accommodate the number of people whose lives are being changed at the crossroads. I know you don't see that yet, and it's hard to see because you see a lot of empty seats today, and you're like, Pastor, don't you see all these dry bones? I do, but I'm speaking to them today. Come on alive, dry bones. Come on, fill up chairs. Come on, come on, bring it, bring it. Just, just let God have his way. Just let God move. I tell you, just a miraculous power of the Holy Ghost sweep through this place. Turn our hearts upside down. Set us on fire with revival. We'll fill this place up many times every weekend because of the power of God that's moving. Well, you know what I see? I see people coming every day, not every week, but every day to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we have to have somebody cleaning this tank out on a regular basis. Like every other day, they got to keep, well. That's what I see. I see floaties in the baptismal tank and makeup on the surface of the water. Oh, come on, somebody. I see it happening. Why? Because people are being changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I see small groups meeting in every community where our membership lives. And I see them making a difference in their cities and their towns. And people saying, hey, if you don't know where to go, you need to go over to so-and-so's house. Because they're having a prayer meeting tonight. And God's moving over there. Just like in the book of Acts. That's what I see happening. I see small groups exploding. I see hearts and relationships being restored and families being put back together. Some of you need, amen, a miracle in your family, and I see it happening. I see families and marriages that are full of joy. They're not coming in sad and depressed. They're not coming in looking at each other like, is this the last Sunday we're going to sit together? Come on, somebody. I see people coming in full of joy. I see them happy, serving God together. I see it, every nationality and ethnicity in our communities being reached with the love that is the answer for their lives. I see addicts of every kind being delivered from their addictions and becoming great testimonies and examples of the power of God for our communities. I see the poor and the less fortunate of these communities being ministered to because our generosity and concern is overflowing. I wish you could see it today. I see it. I see it. I see our church members understanding the spiritual laws of sowing and reaping and moving from the bondage of debt to the blessings of God's prosperity because of their tithing and their giving. They will receive a fresh spirit of joy in their life as they give. I see it. I see it. Some of you are so far in debt you can't see it, but I speak to the dry bones. Come alive today. Amen. I, I say look forward to what God has in store. I say God's going to do it today. And I know you can't see it yet, but I see a brand new facility.
to accommodate all of our growth needs. Not here on Vine Street, on one of the main highways right here in our community. I see God doing it. Amen. You say, well, Pastor, I love this church. I do too, but I've said it for a long time. It's not where God has intended for us to stay. He's got greater things in store, and the best is yet to come. Amen. What could we do, amen, if we could see what God sees? What could we do if we could see supernaturally today? Could we see our children and our teenagers? Not just babysitting, not just getting a new facility so that they'll have a better place to meet and to, to, to be excited when they come to church. But, but how about having a, a place because we are a launching pad for our teenagers and our children to become ministers and soul winners and musicians and singers and missionaries. Wouldn't that be great if this church was known as a launching pad for our children? I, I see it. I'm sorry. I, I know you don't see it, but that's what I see. And so I'm just speaking it today. I'm believing that God is going to do what he promised he would do. And I see our homes becoming places of prayer and safe gatherings for people who need refuge. I, I don't see our, our homes being temples for Netflix. Well, I just lost half of you right there. I don't see our homes being, being raided every day by the filth of the world. I see our homes being a, a place of prayer and, and, and spirituality and safe haven, amen, for those who are seeking a shelter from the storm that this world offers. That's what I see. Amen. You can be seated. What do you see? What do you see? See, the question is given to the man of God. The man of God speaks and declares and, and proclaims what, what is going to be, amen, as I, have feel, as I feel God has put it into my heart. But what do you see? What do you see? Because I speak over this church and I speak over this community, but you need to speak over your family. And you need to speak over your situation. Amen. You have unsaved loved ones or backslidden loved ones that you want to see. Amen. You need to speak over them. When was the last time that you prayed over them? Amen. Until the tears flowed down your face. Amen. What, when was the last time that that lost person that you really say you care about? Amen. You, you prayed and you cried. Amen. And the tears were so warm and hot that they fell down in a puddle. Amen. On the floor or on your lap or on your desk. When was the last time that you sowed in tears? Speaking to the things that are not as though they were. Amen. I used I, I did it a long time ago. I don't know if I don't know if Sister Peach, I don't know if you remember, but I, I asked everybody to close their eyes one time and I said, I want you to see this is before Brother Julius was here. I said, I want you to see your unsaved husbands or your unsaved loved ones. I want you to see them in church worshiping next to you. Do you remember when I said that? And I challenged, I challenged everybody to do that. Do you know that 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 some people took that seriously? Can you believe that some people would take me seriously? They, they would actually believe that what I say, amen, is of God? Isn't that amazing? Amen. I, I can't even believe it myself sometimes. But guess what happened? Amen. Because some people actually believed that, they actually saw that. They saw it first in their mind, and then they saw it in the natural. You've got to see things in the spiritual sometimes before you see them in the natural. So I'm asking you today, what do you see? What do you see? 
What do you see? Come on, you've got to see it today before it happens. You've got to see it and thank God before it actually takes place. You've got to say, I see it happening in Jesus' name. Amen. It is amazing what we can see if we will go beyond ourselves and be led by the Spirit of the Lord. It's amazing what we will see when the hand of the Lord comes upon us. That's why it's so important to come to church. Amen. That's why it's so important to be in the house of God because we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We come because we want the hand of the Lord upon us. We want the anointing of the Lord in our lives because when that takes place, amen, chains fall off of us. Amen. Strength is renewed. Hope, amen, comes back. Joy is refilled. That's what happens when we're in the presence of the Lord. But most of all, we start to see things we couldn't see before we got into the presence of God. Amen. And I'm, I'm just about ready to close, but I, I would say what seems impossible in our eyes will be possible, made possible by the mighty power of God. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. I've had, you know, I'm one of those type of people that I like to organize, plan, and make sure everything's taken care of. I am a, uh, ooh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, over-aggressive would probably be the best term. I really like to make sure things are in place. And God has gotten me to the place where I see I can't do all this on my own. There's no way. I cannot orchestrate a move of God on my own. So here's the key point of what I'm trying to tell you today. What God is going to do is going to depend on our faith and what we believe Him for. Amen. It starts with us right now. The key is what we see in the supernatural, what we see in the spiritual realm today is what God wants to do. Can you see it? Can you, can you see the police cars out there? Can you? Come on, somebody. In, in your mind's eye, in your spiritual mind's eye, can you see us coming in and, and, and we have multiple services on the weekends and you're like, well, what am I going to do if I have multiple services? That means I'll have to give up more of my weekend. You attend one and you serve one. Well, would that be okay? That be. Could you see that? Could you see us being so full that you need to serve one service you don't even have to be in because it's going to be identical to the one that you attended? Well, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to stretch your thinking. What, what, what would happen if we got to the place where we had to have, we, we were running so many different people through here. We wanted to have such a wonderful Sunday that people were driving. We Right now we have people driving a long distance to be here. Did you know that? We have people that drive uh, 45 minutes to be here on Sundays. We're believing that God, and, and longer, yeah, and further. Why? Because there is a, a move of God that's happening. There's a move of God that's taking place. Amen. And, and I know we have one lady that drives all the way from the VA hospital area in Louisville to be here with us on Sundays. Did you know that? You didn't know that? Okay, now you do. Well, why? Because God is doing something. Do you know what's going to happen whenever we have to go to weekend services because we can't hold everybody? See, you can't see it because you're seeing empty chairs today. You, you know, and the devil would like to, you know, I, I already, I told my wife when we were coming to, I said, what's well, Commitment Sunday? I hope everybody shows up today, but I'm not real hopeful. <laughs> Why? Because I know, I know sometimes our flesh works on us and says, oh, you know, uh, 
don't know if I need to be there for that. Now, we're going to give away an iPad on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday here, April 21st. I guarantee we're going to have a full house. We are, because you're going to be telling people, people are going to know that they're giving away an iPad and a bike and some gift cards. It's going to be awesome. Everybody will come for that, but not everybody wants to commit. But this this core of people right here that's here today that wants to commit, and you say, hey, I knew it was Commitment Sunday, but I came anyway. Those of you that didn't, oh, well, and we're glad that you're here. We're not going to twist your arm. But, but, but here's the deal. This is what I see. I see this happening. I see God doing it. It, it. it doesn't always happen instantaneously, but I see as we are surrendered to God and as we are giving amen like we should and we are tuned in to what God has, God is going to do it. Amen. You've got to see it. If you've got problems in your family right now, you need to see joy and peace back in your family. Remember what, come on somebody, remember what God has done in the past. There is no telling what God is going to do. Amen. I, I, I could go on and on about the miracles of God and what God wants to do. And I, I, I just want to encourage you. Amen. If you would, just, just for a moment before we go any further, I wonder if you just just bow your head and close your eyes. And I wonder if you would just pray, God, help me to see spiritually today. Help me to to understand spiritually today. Don't let me have my eyes darkened and don't let me miss out on what you want to do. The following that I'm going to share with you is based on a sermon by missionary Del Tar. He served 14 years in West Africa with a popular missions agency and uh, his story points out the price that some people are willing to pay to sow the seed of the gospel in hard soil. He says this, he says, I was always perplexed by Psalm 126. That's the psalm that talks about sowing in tears and reaping in joy. And he says, I was always perplexed by Psalm 126 until I went to the Sahil, a vast stretch of savanna, more than uh, 4,000 miles wide, just under the Sahara Desert. He said, in the Sahil, all the moisture comes in a four-month period. It comes in May June, July, and August. And after that, not a drop of rain falls for eight months. So the ground cracks from dryness, and so do your hands and your feet. The winds of the Sahara pick up the dust, and they throw it thousands of feet into the air, and it then comes slowly drifting across West Africa as a fine grit. It gets, into your, it gets inside your mouth, and it gets inside your watch, and it stops it. And, and this year's food will all, of course, have to be grown in those four months. And so people grow sour grum or they, they grow milo in small fields. And, and so in October and November, those are the beautiful months. The granaries are full. The harvest has come. People sing and they dance. They eat two meals a day. The sour gum is ground between two stones to make flour. And then a mush with the consistency of yesterday's cream of wheat uh, is made. And the sticky mush is eaten hot. They roll it into little balls between their fingers They drop it into a bit of sauce, and then they uh, put it into their mouths. The meal lies heavy on their stomachs, and they sleep great. December comes, and the granaries start to recede, and many families omit the morning meal, and certainly by January, not one family in 50 is eating, uh, still eating those two meals a day. By February, the evening meal diminishes. The meal shrinks even more during March, and children start to get sick. And you don't stay well when you're just eating a half a meal a day. So April is the month, he says, that haunts my memory. In it, you hear the babies crying in the twilight. Most of the days are passed with only a cup of, of gruel in the evening. 
And he said, then inevitably it happens. A six or seven year old boy comes running to his father one day with sudden excitement and he says, Daddy, Daddy, we've got grain. Son, he says, you, you know we haven't had grain for weeks. Yes, we have, the boy insists. Out in the hut where we keep the goats, Dad, there's a, a leather sack hanging up on the wall. I reached up and I, I put my hand down in there, Daddy. He said, there's, there's grain in there. Give it to Mommy so she can make flour and, and tonight our tummies can sleep. Father stands motionless and he says, son, we, we can't do that. He said, that's next year's seed grain. It's the only thing between us and starvation. Son, we're, we're waiting for the rains and then we must use it. The rains finally arrive in May and when they do, the young boy watches his father take the sack from the wall and he does the most unreasonable thing imaginable. Instead of feeding his desperately weakened family, he goes to the field and with tears streaming down his face, he takes the precious seed and he throws it away and he scatters it in the dirt. Why? Because he believes in the harvest. The seed is his. He owns it. He can do anything with it that he wants to. And the act of sowing it hurts him so much that he literally cries. But the African pastors say when they preach on Psalm 126, brothers and sisters, this is God's law of the harvest. Don't expect to rejoice later on unless you have been willing to sow in tears. And so I want to ask you, how much would it cost us to sow in tears? I don't mean just giving God something from your abundance. But I mean finding a way for us to say, God, I, I believe in the harvest. Therefore, I will give what makes no sense. Even when it is frustrating, even when I'm doing it in tears, I believe in the harvest that I will give. And the world may call me unreasonable to do this, but I must sow regardless in order that I may someday celebrate with songs of joy. What would stretch you today? What would stretch you today? If you could see in your spiritual eyes what God wants to do, what, what, would, what would be a stretch for you today? If God, let me just ask you this, if God were to speak to you clearly today and give you a specific amount above what you are already giving, tithes and offerings, God would give you a specific amount that you would uh, make a monthly uh, gift to the church for the next two years. What, what, what if God would speak to you? What if he would speak clearly to you in the next few moments and you would have an amount? Pastor, I don't know about that. Hmm. Okay. Are you willing to sow in tears? The, the biblical principle, the law of the harvest, says that if we sow in tears, we will reap in joy. Are, are you willing to sacrifice for the harvest? Do you believe that what God has said will come to pass? Do you think there's a way you can outgive God? Do you really think that God will honor you giving just out of your abundance and not out of your livelihood? I challenge you to, to prove me wrong in Scripture. It's not there. As a matter of fact, it's very clear 
that whenever we are willing to stretch ourselves and we will pray and we will ask God, He will speak to us clearly. And when we hear clearly, here's the question, will you obey? Will you obey? We have to obey if we want salvation. We have to obey if we want to make heaven our home. We have to obey. So why would we do any differently for the souls of others? Why would we do any differently to see this church move forward and be everything that it can be? So my question to you is, if God would ask you to stretch today, would you be obedient to sow in tears? Would you stand with me? Pastor, I don't know. You don't know my situation. You don't understand. I don't have a lot. There's not, there's not a lot that I can do. Can I, can I just... Can I encourage you today? The reason that you are financially strapped, the reason that I am financially strapped, the reason we are financially strapped is because we're not being good stewards. If we want to just be honest, let's let's just be honest. This is a stewardship campaign. The reason why you feel I can't stretch is because we're not being good stewards. Our whole goal with this stewardship campaign is not a specific number. We didn't set a specific number. We want to definitely reach this number. This is what we're hoping to achieve. This was our main goal. Our main goal was we want to help our people to be blessed. And the only way we can help our people to be blessed is teach them how to biblically be good stewards. So what I'm asking you to do today is I want, I want you just, we're going to start today by praying, and we're going to ask God to open our spiritual eyes to give us faith to believe. This is a different ending. This is a different, we're, we're going to sing a little bit. We still have a few things we're going to do. This is the end of the message. I'm not asking you to come and give. I'm not asking you to put anything in the offering right now. I'm just asking you just to pray because I want you to have a spiritual mindset. I don't want you to go into any commitment lightly. This church I'm just going to say it. This church is going to exist whether you give or you don't. I mean, it's going to. It's his church. I mean, look at all the stuff that he's brought us through to get here. It's going to be around. Amen. So the the question is, Not will this church, can this church survive without me? Absolutely, this church can survive. It can survive without me. I know some of you don't think that, but it can. Trust me, if I was out of the way tomorrow, God would bring somebody else. This church could go on. But this is the question. How do I want God to stretch me so that I can be blessed the way he wants to bless me? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't want you, don't don't think I'm trying to twist your arm. But if you want to step out and come down to this altar, if you want to kneel right where you are, the first thing I want us to do today is I want us to pray for God to open the eyes of our spiritual understanding. Give us faith to believe. For every one of you here today that you've never received the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in a heavenly God-given language, or you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, please let me invite you to this altar today as well. Because the whole reason that we want to see this church go forward is for you to have a chance to be saved and have a relationship with God. Jesus Christ loves you so much. So today you can come. You can repent of all your sins. You can turn your back on the lifestyle that you've lived. You can be baptized in Jesus' name, and God will fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And it's, it's, that's the first step. If you say, I can't get into that spiritual mode that you're talking about, that's the first step for you. If you've, never, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the Holy Ghost, today's your day. Repent. Start by repenting. Asking God to forgive you. Amen. You know that you felt the power of God in the service and God spoke to you and He's convicted you. Why don't you respond to that today? So I open up this altar as they begin to sing. I open up this altar and I've turned this whole place into a house of prayer. I want us just to ask God to move on our hearts. I want us, I want us to, uh, to, to just kind of move into the presence of God. Lean in a little closer to what God wants to do in the next few moments. And let's let Him speak to us today.